Good morning, y'all, and thank you for joining me on today's show. This is Dana from DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services and Financial Aid Compliance Solutions, and I'm very excited to be with you today. I'm going to be sharing a little bit of information about the importance of tomorrow, uh, with it being U.S. Constitution Day. So without further ado, let's begin with the importance of U.S. Constitution Day and how um, the requirement for Title IV aid for all those eligible institutions, uh, the day needs to be recognized. So um, some of you um, may be new to the financial aid world, um, and if you are, Welcome, uh, congratulations. Um, this is gonna be a career for you that um, is going to test you quite a bit, actually. Um, and, but it, it's a great career because we are able to help um, students and help one another. So tomorrow, um, as I was stating, is the um, US, known as US Constitution Day. And it's the, actually the day that the U.S. Constitution um, was signed by our forefathers. Um, and this is the governing uh, document for the United States of America. And uh, this is how um, our country is defined and again governed. So the requirement for those uh, institutions that receive Pell Grant, direct loans, supplemental uh, funding, um, the, the SCOG grant, federal work study, um, all of that is under the umbrella of what they call Title IV. And uh, to become Title IV eligible, you have to go through a process. You have to apply to the U.S. Department of Education. And um, there's, there's a whole host of uh, things that have to take place in order for um, an institution to become Title IV eligible. Having said that, uh, again, U.S. Constitution Day is a requirement to be acknowledged um, in order for uh, Title IV uh, recipient schools to um, be able to continue to receive Title IV aid. Uh, now, I know the majority of the institutions, they'll hold an event and they'll hold an actual reading of the Constitution. And I will say that last year I hosted an event um, and it was through my podcast and I invited a few folks to participate and read sections of the uh, Constitution. And tomorrow um, I am going to be making that available again for everyone to listen to the recording. So if for some reason you haven't quite mapped out what you plan on doing for an event tomorrow, uh, you can um, choose to download and um, have your students uh, listen to the reading of the Constitution that, uh, again, I provided and uh, did as an event last year on September 17, 2020. So having said that, I just uh, wanted to make sure uh, that everyone was aware of this requirement and, uh, and everyone is able to um, 
participate. Now, if for some reason uh, your institution has not posted anything with regards to an event, which would kind of surprise me a little bit, but if for some reason that that has not happened at your institution and you know for a fact that they receive Pell Grant and direct loans, you may want to just um, ask what's what's going on and uh, if it just to make sure everybody's on the same page. But I, I would find that highly unlikely that that would happen. But you never know in this day and age because things things are always changing. So um, to the individual that has joined me, Free Conversation for Lovers. Wow, what a great tag name. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for, for uh, listening and tuning in today. And uh, I... Uh, want to also put out there that, um, and this is a, is not exactly on U.S. Constitution Day, but I do want to highlight um, something that happened yesterday in the news. And uh, I actually walked into um, when I was getting ready to start my day in reviewing files. Um, some of you may or may not be aware of the fact that um, there is a scam that occurred in the California state of California, and I believe it was mainly in the Los Angeles area, but it, I um, know it was written in the LA Times. And basically what has occurred is, is that there were about um, 60,000 applications that were received through the system uh, that ended up getting flagged. Um, and the reason why is because they were uh, fraudulent. And um, the uh, unfortunate part of this is, is that those 60,000 applications, um, even though um, it was caught, we don't know for a fact whether or not funds were given out on these fraudulent applications because the department will not release that information at this particular point in time. So what occurred was, is once this uh, came to light and, and it was a fraud ring in the California community college system, the system, the department system was set up to re-verify files. And it seems that it's all from California schools. And these were files that have already been awarded um, and, and already may have received first disbursements, and now you're having to verify the files. This goes for the current award year we're working on, which is the 2021-2022 award year, and also for the 2020-2021 files. And the, the, the trick or here, sticky part, I should say, here is that on Saturday, uh, September 11th, the department cut off all um, FSA confirmation and ICER corrections to be processed. So if you go to verify these files, which in the NASFA article that um, was published to kind of explain what was going on with all of, all of this and all these files coming in and being selected at, after the fact, um, they're saying 
it's kind of confusing um, in the is verification required section. Um, it's saying, according to ED and longstanding ED guidance, that the student is no longer in attendance for the 2020-21 award year and all Title IV aid has been dispersed for the 2020-2021 year award year. The school does not need to perform verification at all for the 2020-21. Therefore, these changes to 2020-2021 verification do not impact most students. You are not required to verify students who are selected for verification or for whom the tracking group changes after the student is no longer enrolled for the award year and all Title IV aid has been dispersed for that award year. You simply don't request verification documents to verify these students or adjust slash return aid unless there's conflicting information see below. Now, this is where it gets sticky. If the student is still enrolled for the 2020-21 award year, non-term payment periods, borrower-based academic years, etc., verification of all data, in the student's 2020-21 verification tracking group still must be completed even though you can no longer submit corrections to CPS for reprocessing after September 11th, 2021. If the student is still enrolled when the student was selected for verification and subsequently does not complete verification, then the student was not eligible for Title IV aid and it must be returned by the school and or student as applicable. Now, yesterday I came across a file that was uh, selected um, for verification after aid had been dispersed on the 2020-21 file and they are still enrolled because the I was looking at the 2021 file and also the 21-22 file. The students started in April and the midpoint of the student's program, which is a clock hour program, was after July 1st when the 2021-2022 year award year started. So there was a debate um, with the client uh, with regards to whether or not the aid had to be returned from the 2020-21 file because we hadn't completed verification. And because FSA confirmation needed to be forwarded because of it being selected. And um, I should also indicate all of these files are being selected right now for high school completion and also identity and state identity and statement of educational purpose. So this would be either a modified V5 verification or it would be for a V4 verification. So I had put the file back saying that the um, age should actually from the 2020-21 file be returned and all aid be awarded from the 21-22 file. And the reason for that is because of the fact that the student would receive, based on their EFC, more of a Pell Grant, which is the free money, and that's what we're supposed to do in financial aid is award the student the most, the, the award that would, they would most benefit from. So there was a debate that ensued, and I basically just said this this is what should happen. If you don't agree with me, then you can handle it. Um, 
And I just want to put it out there that, uh, you know, again, we're supposed to be following the guidelines. And there's a reason why the system was triggered because, again, of this fraud ring that was discovered in California Community College. So if the file is selected and the student is still enrolled and they were what we call a crossover student, again, in this scenario, the student started in April, crossed over July 1st, and they aren't graduating until, I can't remember, but I think it was in uh, January sometime of 2022, then yes, that file should be verified, even if you can't report it. So I just wanted to um, let y'all uh, know what your responsibilities are, and also as a student and maybe a parent of a student, that you um, are also aware of what's going on, and you have the right to contact your financial aid institution and ask questions about this. Because this is your file, your money, um, that this will affect. So I would, if I was a parent or student, um, I'd definitely be, uh, be talking to my financial aid advisor or financial aid office and, and asking questions um, on how this particular uh, event, if you will, um, will affect me. And uh, just so you have the information at hand. And that way, if for some reason, you know, you find yourself maybe in the same scenario that I just outlined for you from my review yesterday, um, if you can get more money and it's free money, by all means, tell your financial aid advisor after they go over the this, this scenario with you uh, to return the Pell Grant money for the first disbursement and award everything from the 2021-2022 file. Um, and that way you'll get the um, uh, most aid that is available to you. So that's a little bit about what's going on um, this week. It seems like uh, <laughs> lately, um, I think last week I had said my, uh, I felt like I had whiplash with everything that was, that kept changing. And, uh, um, as you know, um, you know, things are changing rapidly and it also is, uh, the reason behind that is, is because of what's going on in the federal government. And I just want to put out there that, uh, if you were not aware of the fact that financial aid is funded, the financial aid you're receiving is funded by uh, U.S. taxpayer dollars. I just want to put out there that it is. And um, it's important for students as well as parents to understand this. Because there are a lot of uh, folks out there that I know you're busy in your daily lives. I, I, I get it. But you also have to put in the back of your mind that you're a contributor to this society, this community, um, just by being a taxpayer. So if you have a job and have social security and federal taxes taken out of your paycheck, portions of your money, whether you're a student or a parent of a student, is going to funding other people's higher education. And you have a say. You do have a say as a taxpayer. Uh, so I just want you to 
you know, just put it out there that um, you may want to just keep paying a little bit more attention nowadays as to what's going on. Um, and especially with what um, Congress is trying, Congress and, and the Senate are, are doing with this new bill that's going through that's called um, the infrastructure bill. And a lot of us would think, oh yeah, infrastructure, we're talking, um, you know, roads and highways and, and that is also now encompassing um, the internet. I'm not saying that we don't need to fix our roads or maintain our roads and our highways at all. I'm not saying we don't need to have better internet for people to that live in rural areas such as myself uh, to be able to do um, remote learning um, or business remotely. What I am saying is, is that to pack in an infrastructure label bill something such as uh, education, uh, loans for, or money for um, education or um, writing off uh, student aid debt as being an infrastructure, to me, that, that, that makes no sense. Uh, writing off a loan for, inf you know, student loans for infrastructure does, does not make sense at all. Um, so the money actually should be paid back um, and a repayment plan should be put in place, uh, which I, th I guess they might be working on or they might not be working on. But having said that, I just want to make sure everybody is uh, is aware of the fact that, you know, this is your money. If you, you are a U.S. taxpayer, this is your money. So I just I, I want to just put it out there. Um, the other couple of things I want to quickly follow up with is um, deadlines. We got some more deadlines coming up. So if you are a student um, and the 2020-21 uh, cutoff for Pell Grant disbursements and awards is coming up on September 30th, that has to be um, taken care of. So you have to have a valid EFC um, complete verification and the file needs to be awarded before September 30th and disbursement needs to be requested. Do not wait until September 30th if you are a financial aid advisor uh, to request these disbursements because it's just on October 1st, you're gonna have all these errors and there's gonna be a problem. So uh, just make sure that you get that done prior to September 30th. And then if for some reason you do have to request late disbursement for your students that is allowed, but what you have to do is, is you have to have access to what they call COD and be able to go in and request special dispensation for your institution to reopen that award year to get the, uh, the money that you need. Um, it's not hard to do, it's just a few steps, but um, to avoid that, it would be better to get everything taken care of prior to September 30th. Uh, October 1st is the start of completing the 2022-2023 FAFSAs, and that will require 2020 tax information, federal tax information. So if you um, are looking to be a student or if you're a financial aid advisor, you're going to want to also familiarize yourself uh, with the PDF form of that, and you can actually go to... Um, studentaid.gov and that will um, direct you um, 
to the FAFSA. You can also just put it in your Google search and go 2022-2023 FAFSA, and it should just pop up as a PDF, and you can save that and review that um, as well. And I'm pretty sure that's what I wanted to cover today. Um, so I hope everybody's having a great day. Um, and I know it's starting to feel uh, very fall-like. It's fall, y'all. Um, as we know, football started last week. And uh, so I hope everybody's enjoying um, this time uh, with the colors of the leaves changing and the, and the difference in the seasons. I really, I really hope everybody's going to enjoy that. So thank you again for joining me. Sarah, I appreciate you joining me as well as Free Conversation for Lovers. Again, I love that tag name. And uh, I will be talking to you real soon. We'll be talking next week. And um, I have some special guests coming in on October 1st that you're not going to want to miss that show. Um, it's, a, it's a really a great couple. They got a great service that they're offering students um, in the California area. So um, be looking forward to talking to you about that. So we'll talk to you soon. Take care.